Good to be here and good to finally be in draft week. Trevor Lawrence, oh, the countdown has been lengthy. We're going on 120 days since the Jacksonville Jaguars clinched that number one overall pick. And now we are down to just a few days until he ends up right here in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. Brent Martineau down here at Willie Jules Old School Barbecue and Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. On a nice weekend of fighting in Jacksonville. You don't usually use nice and fighting in the same sentence, but I just did. UFC 261, a big success in Jacksonville, and we'll talk all about that. Fight night was pretty good, Austin. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, I think Jacksonville, you know, the, the crowd there definitely got their money's worth. Um, and that's great because it's going to leave a long impression, impression not only with fight fans, but obviously with Dana White as well of how good that fight went. And it begs the question if the UFC can come back now on a regular basis and have a hub here in Jacksonville. Yeah, and we talked about that last night on Action Sports Shacks Primetime. Austin joined me on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And uh, listen, that had the feel of a Vegas event. Like, if you didn't know it was in Jacksonville, kind of had the some star power, right? Antonio Brown was there. Jake Paul, again, I mean, I loosely use stars depending on how well, you feel I was gonna about say, let's, people. But Tom let's Brady. Let's put Jake Paul before Tom Brady, though, huh? Tim Tebow. Blaine Gabbert. I don't know where. I mean, should we rate the stars, by the way, that were there? Gardner Minshew. Was every former Jags quarterback there? <laughs> it seemed like it. I mean, uh, I'm not sure what DG was up to, but I'm sure he was in the crowd someplace as well. Uh, so anyway, but it kind of because of that, like I said to you last night on TV, it felt a little bit. It just felt like the big thing. It felt like the big thing to be at, and it was happening right here in Jacksonville. And I don't know if we'll know the full impact of good, bad, whatever out of this event until a few weeks down the road. We got to make sure, uh, you know, all of a sudden COVID cases aren't going up because of of, of the crowd there. But. We'll see how it shakes out. I would say, though, the first impressions are very good on what happened here in Jacksonville, Florida, on Saturday night. Okay, now, the real story. Let's not bury the lead. Guess who is back? Has a ring on his finger. Justin Cousart. Congratulations. Happily married man still, I hope. Cancun was good. The honeymoon was good. Welcome back, Coos. Thanks. Yeah, the uh, the honeymoon was great. Uh, I really should have taken today off to ease myself back into it. For sure, <laughs> like, probably. Sometimes like, yesterday, we vacation got, from the vacation. Yeah, we got we got um we got back not, last night at like eight thirty. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, you probably should have taken today off. Yeah, well, and you know, it's just like the first day I haven't drank alcohol in nine days. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so your body's just craving it right now. So my body's You're like, withdrawals yo, a little bit. Hey, I'm over here shaking. Like. <laughs> yeah, you would, if you were down here at Willie Jules Old School Barbecue right now, you'd have this big like uh, sweet tea or, or diet coke or something, probably to nurse you away from your last nine yeah. days. Most likely. Uh, oh, give us a little taste of it, man. Was it good? You guys have a blast. Uh, congrats again. Oh yeah, it w- it was amazing. I was telling Austin a little bit before we started. It was we were beachfront in Cancun. Um, you know, drinks drinking every day from like nine in the morning till six or seven at night. Then we go get dinner and watch a performance and drink a little bit more. And we just did that for seven days straight, um, except for one day where we took a break and went uh, snorkeling, which was a lot of fun. The whole time I was thinking, I was like, Austin would hate this because we were in the middle of the ocean. Oh, yeah. On a coral reef. I'm stressed. There was fish everywhere. Stressed. There was, uh, there was a sea turtle like the size of stressed. my chest. Stressed. <laughs> Don't trust them when they're that big. Absolutely not. <laughs> they could definitely bite you. Yeah, it yeah. was it was a good time, except for the you know boat ride there. Uh, I, I'll have to talk to, to Captain Rick a little bit, see how to deal with the, the seasickness because the, the, the ocean was a little rough. And I never puked, 
But I always fe- I felt like I was going to the whole time. I was going to text you the day after wedding, but I want to give you your privacy and your space. The the day of wedding gift, like we talked about. Yeah. Did that come to fruition or did it just... It did on my end, yes. So you did. I did do you, one. You produced. I produced one. What did you give her? I got her a, a necklace that had the letter C on it for, sure. my, for her new last name. Sure. And uh, I, got, I wrote a little card. And she gave you nothing? She gave me a card. So so right now, advantage. <laughs> yes. But, That's good, man. Yeah, yeah. That's good because, hey, if we're keeping score, which that's what marriage is, is no, keeping yeah. score, you're, you're definitely ahead on the scorecards right yeah. now. We're going to the second round right now, Coos. And I'm feeling good. And it, it, it's a 10-8 round coming from you. <laughs> I see you, man. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, I want to point out, what was it, uh, Friday? I'm sitting in this, like, back room Okay. with with, with the person that's – you know, doing the wedding, we're just sitting there. He's the one that's going to marry us. I'm waiting for Nicole to be ready, and I'm not allowed to see her, so we're sitting back there. Mm-hmm. It is 5.15, and I'm getting married in 10 minutes, and my phone starts ringing. Oh, no. And okay, so here's what... It was what, us. It was oh, you was guys. Us. But hold on. Oh, yeah. But hold on. That's right. This phone, for whatever reason, because I guess some, you know, in the company is registered under another name, it came up as, like, the head boss was calling me. Oh, no. And so I'm sitting in the office, and I'm like... Oh my gosh, this person has never called me, but something horrible is going on. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it. My brothers are sitting in the room with me and the guy who's marrying us is sitting there. I'm like, should I answer it? And they're like, you get married in 10 minutes. Do not answer this call right now. Dang. So I didn't pick up. And then the next morning I saw the tweet that you guys were the ones that tried to call me. Yeah. <laughs> I that forgot is all about that. That yeah. is awesome. So yeah, we had Steven on that yeah. day. Uh, Silverware, Steve Austin now we call him. That's a new nickname <laughs> for him, Justin. You missed that. But uh so we bet, let's see if he'd pick up his phone, because we knew you were I, getting married, ooh. like, right around that time. So we're like, let's see if we call him, I so was, if he picks up his phone. And I just, now I have this visual <laughs> in my mind that you're sitting there in that back room 10 minutes before you get married, and you're like, should I do it or yeah. should I not? And I just love the fact that we actually made the, you think like that. The whole time I sat there, I was like, oh my gosh, something horrible must have gone, like, do, do I answer this? How, what do I do? And then, you know, obviously, I saw I saw the uh, the clip on Twitter uh, the next morning, and I was like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't pick that up because I got roasted. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That was terrific. Did you do the vows? Um, so th- we're doing our vow. We're going to write our own vows in September, but the – Can't wait to yeah. see that. Yeah, so that'll be – Hopefully I'll be in there in person to see that disaster. <laughs> Can't wait. Was it, Were you nervous, Coos? Everyone kept asking me that. I wasn't nervous at all. I was like, I got no reason to be nervous. Nicole said she got a little nervous when she was in the other room before they opened the doors. Mm-hmm. And – I told her, like, so the way they did it is, you know, I was standing up front, and then um, her her sister's kid, like, came down to bring the rings to me. Nice. And, you know, she's playing music, and the doors open the first time. And I was, I was like, choked up. I was like, oh, man, if, yeah. she, if she walks through that door right now, <laughs> tears are happening. And it was the little kid, and it was just enough of a distraction, to, so I didn't cry. Okay. And the whole time she's like, I should have came out first. You would have cried. I was like, you, you would have had me, yes. Well, yeah. no, because no, no, I understand you know, this is a sports show, right? But you, you can yeah. be honest. Did you really cry, though? No. You no, sure? I didn't. You sure? I didn't. You I sure? was, I was okay. close. Okay. When I tell you I was close, I was real close. Okay. That's all right. There's nothing wrong with crying. You cry, man. It's all good. Austin did too. (laughs) I assure you, I did not. (laughs) 
<laughs> Props to uh, that one. Hey, uh, one last thing about the wedding, at least for now. Did Jag's Twitter get you a toaster or a vacuum? You know, I didn't <laughs> didn't see anything from Jag's Twitter on my uh, on my wedding registry. I did get a nice nice twenty percent off the next thing I buy from Amazon. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Anything? Anything? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Save up for that, right? Well, it calls like let's get the let's a get car? like a room. Well, she said Roomba, like one of those uh, mobile vacuums. Okay, and, okay. Yeah. So, oh, can you buy Bitcoin on Amazon? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I get twenty percent off. <laughs> that would be a pretty good buy, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent Martino here down at Willie Jules Old School Barbecue. Uh, good to be down here. Draft week begins. We'll be all over the place this week, including the stadium on Thursday. Uh, it's really for the first Monday in a long time, Austin. I feel like we don't have like. Some major or interesting, crazy news on Trevor Lawrence, whether he is uh, getting married or uh, people are spending so much money on his registry and toaster, or he's matching their donations, or it's a Sports Illustrated article coming out. It's kind of mild. Instead, he just keeps signing endorsements, and uh, we here in Jacksonville obviously continue to have fun with that. Yeah, it's great, man. Uh, he's he's signed uh, to Bose now, Bose headphones, which I used to use. Uh, unfortunately, I have to go back to them now. And then he just he just signed to uh, this new uh, crypto wallet, Blockfolio. So yeah, the guy's absolutely crushing the endorsement game as he should because when you're the number one overall pick and it seems like you have that it star potential, why wouldn't he sign endorsements right now? Yeah, and so he continues to sign. Listen. This guy, you know, it's uh, it didn't hit me until somebody said it. He's a marketing major, you know, mm-hmm. and you wonder how much it'd be an intru- it'd be a good story or a conversation to have with him at some point. Is how much did he put that to use? How much did he just hands off and let everybody else figure it out? I mean, he's got a huge marketing firm out of New York that's that's handling a lot of his business. Obviously, he has his own agency that's handling a lot of things. But I always wonder how involved these guys, and you can be super hands-off or you can be really hands-on. And uh, with a marketing background, I wonder if he not is doing everything, but at least outlined a few things that he'd like to see happen if possible. Uh, because, uh, you know, that's taking ownership of your brand. And I think so many of the big-time athletes now do that, Austin. They have a lot of people to help, but they seemingly are pushing a lot of the buttons. They're the CEO, of course, of their entire team. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he might have his heart set on some things, but like the cool thing with Trevor Lawrence, and we've kind of talked about this before a little bit, is, is that everything that that stems from Trevor Lawrence, it stems from on the field. Like he doesn't have to worry about, you know, like a Johnny Menzel type or Baker Mayfield type of trying to keep up with appearances and and say this certain thing or say that certain thing. Trevor Lawrence can just be himself off the field and also on the field as well. And as long as that he's the guy that we've seen, you know, the past couple years at Clemson, and he keeps making progress, the endorsements are going to come. And from a football player's perspective, that's refreshing to know that regardless of, you know, maybe you're more soft-spoken, maybe you're not the most social media engaged person on an NFL roster, that's fine. If you're a great quarterback, man, and you you had that hair or whatever, I mean, listen, there's a bunch of things that make Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence. But as long as he can keep on doing what he's doing and elevating his play on the field, then I think there's there's no endorsement out of reach that if he wants it, he can get it. 
You know what's interesting when it comes to the uh, marketability of Trevor Lawrence? I know I've read a lot of articles in the last few days. They really did a great breakdown of how much he'll make, how much he's kind of missing out on potentially because of the pandemic, and maybe there's not as many marketing dollars out there as there might have been if the pandemic didn't exist, how much the cap went down a little bit, so even Joe Burrow will make more than him last year versus this year what he will make. I mean, listen, nobody's feeling bad. I mean, he's going to sign these mega deals. He's got plenty of money. But it was just a fascinating read. At, you know, and, and there were mixed comments and, and kind of opinions on the whole Jacksonville, New York thing, right, or Jacksonville, L.A. thing. And there's certainly most people still believe it that, yeah, if you are in those other places, you might make a little bit more money. But some folks in that article, and I think some folks believe and we all believe, too. It, you can't hide anymore. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, Jacksonville or New York City. People can find you. People can see you. you. You transcend that city. And so I think what we're finding out is exactly what we thought. But this guy has such a marketability. And that's interesting because he doesn't really put himself out there for a lot of interviews and stuff. He kind of plays it very low key. But he has a ton of marketability because of his performance, uh, 6'6 stature, what he's projected to be, and just being the number one overall pick. That. He is no doubt going to transcend Jacksonville. Like, people are buying in that he is going to transcend Jacksonville. And as we look at this kind of crypto thing that he got into, you start to now think about what Dabo said and the global icon and the global reach that he might have. And I'm like, wow, this guy might really be exactly what everybody said in terms of the marketability. And I'm not so sure I believed all of it, right? Because I figure you might have to go win some games on the football field. But it is amazing how much... Uh, people are buying the stock of Trevor Lawrence right now before he even steps foot in the NFL. Of course. You know, I mean, he's he's slated to be the biggest draft prospect, some say, since Andrew Luck. You know, and if he can have the success that Andrew Luck had and even more, then obviously the marketability and all that stuff, it's it's going to be there. Um, so, yeah, from from a, a local perspective, from a national perspective, or from a global perspective, that the guy plays – arguably the most important position in all professional sports. And we're saying a guy who's going to come to Jacksonville plays that position maybe at the likes of which we haven't seen coming out of the draft in 10 to 12 years. That's all you need for, for hype. Now, you know, I think some companies maybe want to get in, get in on the ground floor, but if Trevor Lawrence continues to succeed and he you know keeps on elevating his play, once again, there's no telling for the amount of endorsements, the amount of money he can make just because it is that valuable. The NFL is that big of a machine, and Trevor Lawrence plays the quarterback of that machine. Yeah, it gets you – some of the stuff that we've been talking about for months coming to fruition, right, the reality is here and it's happening and it uh, really will happen on a Thursday night. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Don't forget, listen to us in the car 690 on your dial. You can listen to us on Facebook. ESPN 690 Jacks on YouTube as well. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And, of course, any of our Twitter handles, uh, along with all the TuneIn app and all the other ways to get us here on Action Sports Shacks on this draft week. Uh, we will be all over the place this week. I'll go outside of Jacksville for a moment. Austin, this whole San Francisco thing, I think it was Ian Rappaport last night that said it's Trey Lance or Mac Jones. I think I read somewhere else that Albert Breer uh, which we'll get to. He talked to Shad Khan, so we'll get into that part in a little bit. He put out in his um, Monday morning quarterback stuff that, hey, without question, they have not made up, had not made up their mind when they traded up to number three. I'm not buying it, man. 
I'm not buying it. I, I just don't think you trade up to number three without knowing who you're taking at number three. Now, you can still vet it. You can do your due diligence. You can do your homework. But I think they knew exactly who they were going to take. I think they still know exactly who they were going to take. I don't think it wavered one bit. In fact, I think it would be a little bit uh, maybe reckless for them to trade up to three and not know who they're going to take. There's no way you can value two players exactly the same. So I don't buy this whole Trey Lance or Mac Jones they are still deciding. They know, we think, or I think still, it's Trey Lance. But they know and they have known, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree, but there's a lot of narrative out there right now that they still don't know and didn't know even when they traded up. Oh, no, I, I definitely agree. You know, we talked about this with Sal Palantonio last week where we brought it up and said that there has to be a plan in place. You, you can't go to an owner of a franchise and say, hey, we're going to give up this draft capital because uh, we have a hunch on a couple players. There has to be a plan in place. That's how you run any successful business, including an NFL team. So San Fran knows exactly what they're doing. As soon as they traded up and they opted to go to number three and they have that draft capital, they absolutely knew who they were taking, right? Like, the, the, this is all a smokescreen right now. This is what NFL teams do. They keep everybody guessing. That's fine. Like, they're entitled to do that. But when they had the, the, the pro day for Trey Lance again, they ran that. When they had that pro day for Justin Fields, all, they, they've already known. You've had to know. Because when you explain these decisions to the higher powers, they want to know. And, yeah. and if your explanation is, well, we'll see. We're going to have a couple more pro days with Trey Lance here. We'll have another one with Mac Jones, and we'll see it. No. There's already a plan in place. I'm not buying it either. Sal Palantoni wasn't buying it. Like, it's just this is all a smokescreen right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I don't understand the nature of the smokescreen either. I just think it's lack of information for the national media guys. Like, I, I, I think it was Peter King that tweeted last night, people are more tight-lipped than ever. And I think these national folks especially need something to write, need some inside info. That's their job, like, to have this insider stuff. And I don't know if they have a lot of it. But this is, uh, no, but this is where the landscape's at now, though, because there is no NFL combine. So, like, the NFL Combine is one big national sports media convention of sharing information, trading secrets, uh, going to the bars, trading more secrets, and all that type of stuff. That was taken away from the national media this year. So when that went away, now it's like, well, I need something. Do I start something myself? Do I reach out to sources a little bit? And that's where we are now. Like, the, the, the landscape has just drastically changed because there was no combine. There was no giant national sports, you know, media convention per se. So all we have to go off is hearsay and smoke screens. I think that'll go back to normal if there's a combine next year. But that's just where we stand right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, we are live down at Willie Jules Old School Barbecue in St. Augustine, Mirabella. Come on down. Say hello. We'll be here until 6 o'clock to kick off Draft Week. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We'll talk a lot about the draft on the way. Shad Khan did talk to Albert Breer. What he had to say about this time, what he had to say about Urban Meyer, uh, some interesting comments along the way from Shad Khan. We discussed the Jaguars owner. It's a huge week for Shad Khan. It's a huge week for Urban Meyer. And, well, it's a huge week for Trevor Lawrence. He just doesn't have to do anything except get the phone call. <laughs> we already know what's happening, but it's a big week for him. We'll talk shot when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 live from Willie Jules Old School Barbecue down here in St. Augustine. Come on out. Say hello. 
Martineau. Uh, Daniel uh, says, we went from hot Cheetos to shampoo, raising the intellectual portion of the show. Austin Lane. I'm wearing a sleeveless t-shirt. What more do you want from us, man? Like, I mean, it's, it's Friday. We never said we're intellectual. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. So I go back to the, the Cam Newton draft, and I think about Jake Locker. I think about Cam Newton and Blaine Gabbert. And I always say to myself, it's as simple as an instant evaluator to, to see these dudes. By far, it was not even going to be close. Cam Newton was the best player, has always been the best player. You think about who could potentially be that guy this year. It could potentially be Justin Fields, depending on where he goes and how much time and effort a coach is willing to put in. Coaches in the National Football League, some coaches are lazy. They want everything to be done, ready for them to just roll out. They don't want to put in the work to get the guy from A to Z. So it's important for Justin Fields to go to the right spot so he can learn. That is obviously Keyshawn Johnson and part of Keyshawn, Jay, and Zubin in the morning right here on ESPN 690. By the way, Austin Lane, I will make the 25th overall pick in the KJZ mock draft coming up in the next couple of days. I believe that will happen on Wednesday. Okay, so then tomorrow we're going to have to do the whole draft day bit again where I make four predictions of who I think you're going to take and then four predictions of who I think um, that I think you should take. Okay, we'll we do it. Last week. Uh, and if you want, what I'll do is I'll give you – I already know who um, the 24 picks are in front of me. I oh, just got that in. Gore, I like that. Right? So yeah. now, like, I don't – like, last year I didn't know until I was actually, like, about to call in that C.D. Lamb got picked before me. Sure. So now I know uh, who they have picked. Yeah. Well, don't, uh, don't so, act like you're going to take C.D. Lamb anyways when you had um, – Stefan digs on your mind the whole time. Yeah. You know. uh, what I really got confused is I wanted St- uh, Stefan in a trade, ah. uh, but I picked Travon Tr- instead. The old Stefan over Travon <laughs> bit, huh? Yeah, I see you. And by the yeah. way, too, you're going to have more pressure because tomorrow we're going to need your mock draft because tomorrow your mock draft will be shocked, Brent Martineau. You know, I worked on Let's give on the people one. what they want. First time I've done this, I worked on a mock draft. Mm-hmm. Um it was it yesterday? Uh, yesterday. I spent some time on it. What do you mean kinda, you work? It takes like five minutes, though. Yeah, not me, man. I'm working on it. <laughs> I mean, I, I want the real deal here. And so <laughs> I did some homework, and I didn't like the way it came out at the end, so I'll probably redo, rip it up and do it again. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> do what you got to do. Because remember, you, you, I mean, as people on Twitter know, you only submit one, all right? Only yeah, no, one gets shocked. So, but okay. I forgot. I, I didn't realize. Like, I didn't write them down at the time, and I wasn't really paying that close attention. So, I I had picked too many in one position. So I wanted to go. Oh back no! It's gonna be a dumpster yeah. fire. I can't wait. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm gonna. It, I'm gonna be a good GM. Okay, no we'll doubt see about it. We'll see. Uh, speaking of, have you seen the folks on Twitter that have received their shirts? I have. Shock your mock shirts are yeah. in. Your DMs should not be as uh, vocal sure. right now. Yeah. And uh, shirts are on the way, people. Yep. By the way, Coos, I do have a little homework assignment for you. Remember the one Instagram uh, shock your mock submission? Uh, yes. Funny you shouldn't mention that because we're doing that well, one today. Oh, we're doing another one? Yeah. Well, we had one early on, right, Coos? Yeah, we had um, – uh, I forget to say – I know who you're talking about, but yes. Well, I need that person's – got to go find that person's address and, and shirt size because I couldn't access that. Mm. So I couldn't send him a shirt okay. or her. I'll work uh, on that. So we need to work on that. Uh, meanwhile, 
We'll work on the show right now. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're live at Willie Jules Old School Barbecue down here at Mirabella in St. Augustine. And uh, come on out, say hello. They get trivia night tonight starting at 6.30. So Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 until 6, and then trivia night at 6.30. And the place, uh, they say, is hopping for trivia night. So that will uh, be a lot of fun coming up later tonight. Hey, did you read Albert Breer, Shad Khan, uh, talking to Albert Breer about Urban Meyer and about this time in Jaguars history? Uh, this is obviously a big week in front and center. The man that kind of helped make it happen certainly is Shad Khan, Austin Lane. All of the work, the nine years of ownership, almost a decade of ownership, he gets a chance to kind of make it all worthwhile, it feels like, this week, even though he did have the nice run in 2017. There have been a lot of tough moments. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would imagine for Shad Khan, this is kind of like, all right, finally, here it is. This is why we did this. This is the work we put in. It's going to pay off now. It took longer than we wanted. <laughs> but uh, you almost get the sense that, uh, that that time is now for the Jags and Shad Khan. Yeah, um, you definitely get that sense. There's obviously been a lot more bad than good here the past decade, right? And and Shad Khan was around for a lot of that. But this is finally, it finally feels like you're turning over a new leaf right now. Like, number one, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, first and foremost. We've, you know, we've talked about that a lot. But also with Urban Meyer, too. And, and you know, kind of, and you get the sense with Shad Khan speaking about it, like the, the entire culture is already changed around, right? Like everything yeah. is, is completely different, which is, you know, it's crazy to fathom just because, well, the whole team hasn't even been in the stadium yet, right? Like goals, expectations, like those haven't even been established yet in person. Now they've met on Zoom and all that stuff, but like that takes time. It, it takes uh, it takes more than a couple Zoom meetings here and there to completely change a whole team around and get everybody on the same page. But the fact that Shad Khan can already feel that, it just goes to show you the power and the influence that Urban Meyer has. Yeah, and what's interesting to me here, Austin, is I believe Shad Khan deserves a lot of credit for putting him in this position. Now, when you say that out loud, you got to say, okay, Shad Khan deserves a lot of credit for being 1-15, <laughs> you yeah, know, and putting yeah. him this in. Well, I mean, for seeing that if he did take what he says, and he said in this article, but he told us actually a couple months ago, that he had a more hands-on role since the firing of Tom Coughlin. And some of the things that have been put in motion include resetting the salary cap, giving Gardner Minshew the chance to see if he can be the guy, uh, and then the courtship of Urban Meyer. And again, there are other teams and other people and colleges that have been interested in Urban Meyer for a long, long time. And Shad Khan was able to get Urban Meyer to take this job and either convince him or lure him, or however you want to phrase it, but he got him excited about this job. And I think the, the owner deserves a lot of credit for that, and you can already kind of feel the change, like he says, but like a lot of people are saying down in that building, now we haven't seen him win a football game yet, fair enough. But I think from that context, Shad Khan deserves a lot of credit for the moment that's about to happen here on this Thursday night. little luck involved as well with the Jets winning, but certainly deserves a lot of credit over the last 12 to 15 months. No, he definitely does, but it it is so ironic, though, because, yes, there is luck involved, but also it, it was so bad last year that now Urban Meyer's here. I mean, one would wonder that if you didn't have a shot at Trevor Lawrence, and we're talking about Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or maybe even a Trey Lance at number two, it, it just it, – it be- or we'll see, you know, but whatever. It begs the question if if Urban Meyer would still take that job. Like, to me, Trevor Lawrence was the caveat that pushed Urban Meyer over the top to say, hey, 
I'm going to Jacksonville. Like, that's where I belong. That's where I should be. Let's go try to make this thing work. And it's just crazy to think about how – and let's get this isn't all Shad Khan's fault, obviously. This comes down to coaching. This comes down to player performance, all of that. So it doesn't just fall on Shad Khan. That wouldn't be fair. But it just – it got so bad last year that really Urban Meyer came in and said, hey, this is the job for me now. So it's like – it's the worst of, of of possible you could ever imagine, and now it's like, well, hey, we got Urban Meyer, so it's all good. Yeah, and I think, listen, there's a little luck factored in there, of course, right? Trevor Lawrence is available. Jags have the number one pick. If they don't have Trevor Lawrence's number one pick, would Urban take it? I think that's a very fair question, and I think people think a lot of that answer would maybe be no. Um, but now you have a guy in – listen, there's some owners across sports – that wouldn't love the idea of Urban Meyer coming in here for one simple reason, Austin. And that is the fact that he's going to cost that owner quite a bit of money. Not just the salary that Urban's making, but look at the infrastructure, the amount of money they're spending, uh, the, the the science and health and fitness yeah, angle of no. what Urban's going. I mean, would, every, would, would they do that in Cincinnati? Would that owner be willing to spend it? Would the Pittsburgh Pirates owner be willing to spend well, it in okay. baseball? I don't know. So it's different, in my opinion, from football and in baseball. But if we talk solely on football and – if a highly coveted coach comes in and says, we need to spend this much money to win, well, then, yeah, I think any owner would agree to that. Like, the, the, the whole – I get it. The owner's goal is to make money. Yes, that's business. But the owner's goal is also to win a, a Super Bowl. And if the guy that you bring in or the guy that you want to bring in, Urban Meyer, says, we need to spend money here, we need to spend money there, the owner can cover that. So if he doesn't cover that because, I don't know, you want to save a penny and not win a Super Bowl – then why are you an owner in the NFL in the first place? So I think every owner would, at least from what I know, would agree with that Urban Meyer and say, hey, let's spend this much money, let's spend this much infrastructure because it's going to result, hopefully, in a Super Bowl. Well, I, I, I disagree a little bit here, though. We're talking maybe hundreds of millions of dollars, Austin, not just a few more pennies. You know, you don't think every person that came in through Jacksonville or that has gone to coach in other places said, hey, we need a facility. Look what Baltimore's doing. Look what Minnesota's doing. Look what this, you know, I, I don't know if everybody does that. Every college football coach says when they take the job, hey, we need to build facilities. We need to improve this, this, this. It's going to cost. Well, it doesn't mean they get it. You know, uh, Florida State has had trouble getting it over the years. I think that's what was Jimbo's frustration. I bet but whoever has, has Florida State Marvin won? Lewis never asked for that in Cincinnati. Has Florida you know? State won since Jimbo left? No, they haven't. No, but they're not so, willing to spend it, or they don't have it this spend. Okay, you know? so then you don't you don't want to win. It's simple as that. Like once again, if you're the owner of an NFL team. And a Super Bowl is is coveted to you, and you want to win that for your city, which I feel like every owner does. Then they should realize that hey, you got to spend money to make money. Now, does every owner share that philosophy? I have no idea because I haven't talked to a lot of owners in my lifetime. But I would think that if you're an owner of an NFL team, and once again, an Urban Meyer type coach or like a Matt Rule coach comes in and says, "We got to spend money here. We got to spend money there." Whether it's hundreds of million dollars or not, I think the owner would go along with that. Now, maybe I'm dead wrong, and, and I have no idea because, once again, I don't talk to owners. But I would assume that's what it would be. Yeah, I, I think uh, – I, I just don't know if every owner would, even if you told them, I think this is going to help us win. Uh, I just don't know if that's the way sports works sometimes. Uh, but Shad Khan certainly is willing. I Three quotes from this article that I found interesting, okay? Uh, I'll read a quick um, excerpt from it. He said, I got a lot of his insight talking about – this is Shad talking about Urban Meyer. The thing that really kind of been in my mind, why doesn't Ohio State produce – and Dwayne Haskins is a great example to be blunt – quarterbacks. 
And then with other other quarterbacks, why are they good? <laughs> Fair question, right, for yeah, Urban Meyer. For sure. But he threw Dwayne Haskins' name out there. Uh, pretty pretty wild quote in that Sports Illustrated article with Shad Khan and Albert Breer. Uh, and obviously what I read into this is I don't know what he said about why Dwayne Haskins doesn't work, but it's pretty obvious he thinks Trevor Lawrence can work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As he should. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, as he should, right? As we all think he should. Yeah. Uh, the other part of this is uh, he says, and uh, this is just paraphrased because we've heard him say this, he doesn't want to put Urban Meyer in a position to fail. And I think we talked about this back in January when he's hired. But I think that's a, it's fascinating. It kind of goes along with the money part, what we're talking about. Hey, if you need this, I'm going to help you. It's going to help you win. Okay, I get it. But it's also that he's very cognizant of the legendary status and the winning percentage that he has in the college game. And I think uh, Shad continues to say that he doesn't want Meyer, he doesn't want to be a part of Urban Meyer's failure, you know? And so they are going to give him everything they possibly can and set him up as, as, as best they can to win big in the NFL. I find it interesting that Shad has mentioned that a couple of times now and is so aware of how successful. Urban has been, and he doesn't want to be the guy to tarnish that. Yeah, I mean, once again, it comes down to sometimes you got to spend money to make money, and I think that if you're Shad Khan, like, you know, is Shad Khan the most X's and O's in terms of the game of football? Absolutely not, but he's a great businessman. And any great businessman knows that you hire those that are knowledgeable, hire those that are at the top of their of their professions or top of their job titles to help you succeed. Urban Meyer coming in this offseason was the top candidate as a head coaching job. So, you know, Shad Khan's essentially putting all his trust, as he should, in Urban Meyer. Now, yes, it's Trent Baalke, too, and it's, all, it's a lot of people, but it's primarily Urban Meyer. And this is the business part of Shad Khan. It's saying, hey, I'm bringing you in here to do a job. You have my money. You know, you have my 100% trust. Now let's get the job done. It's as simple as that. Well, I'll give you one more, okay, that I found fascinating. There was some more stuff in here, but he says, in the past, we had played, this is about free agency. In the past, we had players who signed up because money's a big part of it. And we have some who probably could have gotten a better deal, but came here because they want to win and they want to play for Urban. And then we had some the other way around, which I love because we don't want players coming for the wrong reasons. Just, I'm getting a big paycheck. I mean, we want them to get that, but so we also want them to come to win. And he essentially says in this that, they had free agents turn them down because they didn't want to play for Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so that got me thinking, I mean, who was that? You know, what, was that a couple of the tight ends they might have been in play for? You know? Yeah. Uh, who was that that said, nah, I don't want to do that? Uh, which I would find pretty interesting if the tight end said it because they went and said, I want to play for Belichick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not a piece of cake, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, um... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure if it was the tight ends or not. Like, usually when those type of quotes – because this happens all the time. Like, sometimes when you say because of Urban Meyer, well, maybe it's because of a scheme thing. Maybe it's because of a Joe Cullen thing more than an Urban Meyer thing. Maybe they don't want to play in a 3-4 defense. Um, there's a lot of things that go into it, a, a lot of narratives. I don't know. Y- you know, I mean, I think it's hard to judge Urban Meyer since he's never coached an NFL team before, since he's never yeah. uh, put a team through an NFL training camp before. Like, you can have your preconceived notions – but until he actually does it, until word of mouth spreads around the NFL, it's hard to know exactly what type of coach Urban Meyer is. So maybe players don't want to be a part of that, right? Maybe players don't want to go to the unknown and say, well, we don't know what we're going to get with this guy. I'd rather go someplace a little more established, a little more clear cut. That's always the possibility, too. 
Yeah, listen, guys go for different places for different reasons, no doubt. But it certainly led on that they missed on some free agents. And quite frankly, because Urban and the curiosity of it or not wanting to play for him or a college coach going to the NFL was a part of that equation. Uh, and that's okay. That probably happens all across the league. We just don't hear about it mm-hmm. on a, an annual basis. Hey, Jags fans, you can win a chance to meet the pick courtesy of TIAA Bank. Just visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick to register each day through draft night. Oh, you only have a few more days. No purchase required to enter or win. For eligibility and other details, see the official rules at TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. We are live at Willie Jules Barbecue, old school barbecue down here at Birabella Crossing in St. Augustine. Come on out, say hello. Be here till 6 o'clock tonight. And also, trivia night starts at 6.30. We'll come back. We talk more football. The countdown continues. What else is happening around the NFL? The major storylines. Where are people going to land? Are there smoke screens at an all-time high right now? Trust nobody, folks. Trust nobody. It's NFL Draft Week. We're back on ESPN 690 after this. I've uh, finished really my last three opponents. I finished them all, and so right now it's just you know I just need to you know take some time and um, and continue to train and get better. These guys got to show me something because right now I'm the champion. I'm the most active guy in the division. These guys can't just wait around and and, and wait for me to uh, you know call their number. You know they need to show me something. Ask Dana. I fought any and everyone they put in front of me. I never said no. These guys ducked me for years, but. I got here and I haven't ducked anyone. And so, like I said, this is like a track meet. I'm so far ahead of these guys. I'm coming around the track and I'm coming around with vengeance right now. Austin? Uh, I think I know who that is. Do you know who that is? I mean, obviously I do. I'm hoping you do. Yeah, it's Kamar Usman. That was Usman? Yeah. Okay. So you didn't. <laughs> no, you, I didn't know. You, you got a bad poker face. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say I knew. I, I didn't know. That's why I asked you. I, I yeah. thought uh, I didn't know if it was somebody from an, uh, you know, earlier in the card. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was sharing their story. I, I didn't even the context of that. I didn't think it would be Usman, but obviously the fight uh, UFC 261. It seems like a success. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen too much criticism of it. Is it out there? Like, it, is I mean, is, is there a chance that it wasn't as big a success as I thought? So what do you mean the credit like from just the quality of the fight card or like the optics what? of, of yeah, having a, a full bit of arena? I yeah. guess you have two different views, right? You have sure. one that's like, okay, should you be? Should everybody have worn masks? Should everybody yeah, should yeah. be having fifteen thousand? Uh, was the card? Did it live up to it? All these short fights, like right? There were a lot of short fights. There was, uh, which I think is actually probably better because you get done at twelve fifteen instead of out. two in the morning. It helped, especially three title <laughs> fights, like the last I think three title fight card that they had. I was, you know, this actually probably the second. I don't know. This was last year. There's three title fights. I went to the Ale House to watch it. And, yeah, I mean, we were there till about 2 in the morning watching fights. So um, this one was a little different because they're so short and everything. The quality of the card, when you look at it top to bottom, and when I said the quality of the card, I talk about just the main card, right? Because there's the prelims. There's the pre-prelims. But from the main card, the pay-per-views perspective, it couldn't have went any better. Um, and I say that because... You know, and, and we kind of start things off with a little bit. First of all, I guess start things off with Jimmy Crute and um, Anthony Smith. 
Now, the whole Jimmy Crute thing of where he got kicked in the leg and his leg essentially just went dead and he kind of collapsed a little bit, he didn't break anything there. That, that happens all the time in MMA where guys get kicked like behind uh, the hamstring, behind the calf, and there's like a nerve that travels down from like literally your butt all the way down to your Achilles. And if that nerve gets kicked perfectly, it'll literally shut your entire leg down. It's wow. rare. It's rare to happen, but um, but it's happened. You know, it's, I mean, probably on a handful of times the past year alone, um, to fighters. And like, well, once again, nothing gets broken. It's just it looks like the worst thing ever. It looks like they're a newborn baby deer trying to learn how to walk, right? But literally, it's just that you, the fact that your entire leg goes limp and it goes numb, and then a couple, you know, minutes later, it comes all back. But unfortunately, with Crute, um, you know, they try to test him. Can you walk on it? He tried to walk. He kind of collapsed a little bit, and they called the fight but nothing was broken from that it's just the nerve that got pinched essentially and then so the then other we, one was snapped so then when we yeah <laughs> when we go from that and then we go to chris weidman and once again the reason why i say it was a successful card watching chris weidman that, that that's not great right that's that's yeah. not successful that's a horrible injury that's a catastrophic injury horrible Really, I regret watching the replay. I don't know why I'm a glutton for punishment sometimes. I knew it was going to look bad, uh, and in slow motion, it looked even worse. At the same time, though, like that's – and I don't want to put you know words in people's mouths, but sometimes like that's what it takes to put the card over the top. It's like, wow, this is as real as it gets as the UFC used to promote all the time. This is, this is real stuff, and yes, fighting is real. And that's a, a classic example of it right there from Chris Weidman. The the crazy thing is, and, you know, this is a cliche saying we always say in football, it's a game of inches. Well, so is fighting. If Chris Weidman literally puts that kick a half an inch behind work, you know, behind the calf, he's not in the hospital right now, still recovering. He's, really? he's fine. Like, it was literally like a half of an inch where he just kicked, he kicked it wrong. I mean, there's a lot of things that went wrong with that kick that I could break down. But, you know, for the, for the casual MMA fan, I'm going to say this. When you come out in a cage, Brent, you know, you hardly ever see someone get knocked out with the first blow. Well, why is that? Because you're hardwired, right? Like your adrenaline's pumping. Now all of a sudden the Jacksonville crowd's going crazy. Like all your senses are going nuts. So you see every shot coming. Chris Weidman threw two feints. He threw a jab that didn't really get anybody's attention. And they threw that leg kick. He threw that leg kick with maximum velocity. So when you don't set that kick up and you throw it with maximum velocity... And it's the first strike that you throw. Your opponent can get a good gauge of, well, here comes a low kick. Time to check the kick. That's exactly what Uriah Hall did. Now, when you check a kick, there's two options. You go meet the kick or you pick your toe up and you point your, your feet down and you check the kick like that. Uriah Hall took the first option, went to go meet the kick, and that's what happens. I want to talk more about this UFC 261 card. You said it, too. It's almost like NASCAR at Daytona, Talladega. It's like you watch... You're not rooting for anybody to get hurt, but you watch for the big wreck because you know it might come. Yeah. And that happens sometimes in the cage, and that happened Saturday night in Jacksonville, and I think I agree with you. It's like it makes the card, even though you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch that. Mm -hmm. uh, more on UFC 261, more the impact and what's next for Jacksonville in that sport, and also more on the NFL Draft next. We're live from Willie Jules Old School Barbecue on ESPN 690.